What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the J4L podcast. My name's Shane Couch, and this is my co-host Camden Dawson. What's up, guys? And today we have a guest with us, our very own Talmadge. Good evening. How's it going, everybody? Uh, so, Talmadge, tell us a little about yourself. Um. Well, first of all, honored to be here. Listen to the first two episodes. Yes, I do listen to your podcast. Um, actually, I haven't known these guys like super long. I worked with them for like the last couple of months at the golf course. They, for some reason, asked me to come on their podcast. I, I don't know what I've said that's so profound that they wanted me here, but I'm glad to be here. So That's awesome. Uh, we love Talmadge. Talmadge has been a very, very vital part of our enjoyment at that golf course. <laughs> and he's also full of Jesus and... He is always there to help. He's always there to give a word of advice. He's always there to put his opinion and set you straight if you're going the wrong way. So we love Talmadge. Now, Talmadge is leaving Limestone, so it is kind of sad. But you got to chase the bread, you know. You gotta. You, I got a better opportunity. Yeah. I mean, if Limestone would pay me more, I'd come back. Just throwing that out there. You can't get mad at him for wanting better in his life. But anyway, so Shane, what are we talking about today? Well, today I thought we t- we're talking about uh, stumbling in your walk of Christ. Yeah. So, um, you want to go ahead and read that main verse? Yeah. We so we this? we have a little verse that kind of it's kind of an overview of what we're trying to it's what we're trying to talk about. Matthew twenty six forty forty one. Stay awake and pray, so that you won't enter into t- to, into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay. So I'll start it off. Talmadge, like, when you hear that verse, what, like, what comes to your mind? I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward, you know, we've all experienced it in our walk, we, we, especially once we come to Christ, and we understand and can see through the lens of Christ better, what is sinful in our lives, and this, the sin gets highlighted, it's like right there, and with a neon light around it, it's so big, and this you you feel it in you. You still want to run to that because, in some ways, it's comfortable. You know, you you know this this sin is familiar and it's comfortable, and it provides a temporary satisfaction that you know you'll get out of it. But it comes with this destruction of your soul ultimately and your spirit. You, you know, like like it says, your flesh is weak. Your flesh, your humanity wants to run back to that, but. Your spirit in Christ knows to turn away from it, and it's this constant like struggle and wrestling between the two. I mean, I think that goes back to even the first sin when Eve ate the fruit. When they, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, I mean, their eyes were open like they they sinned against God. Well, that doomed the rest of us. So now, it don't matter who you are, who you think you are. You have a natural desire to sin. It don't matter if you go to church on Sundays, like. You have a natural desire to sin. You are born sinners. David in Psalm 51 straight up says, God, even when my mother conceived me, I was a sinner in her womb. Like, think about that. He wasn't even born yet, and he's calling himself a sinner. But I I really love what Talmadge said because, like he said, it is straightforward. Our flesh is weak. We want to do the wrong thing all the time because... Like he said, it feels good for not even as long as we think it's going to feel good. And after it it leaves us feeling so far from God, we question, we just start questioning our faith. Yeah, so like they were talk, uh, like Talmadge and Cam are talking about, it's so easy to fall into temptation. It's so easy because I know many times throughout my life and probably throughout many other people's lives, 
sometimes you don't even realize that it's happening until it's gone too far. And then you look, you look back at it and you're like, that's not what I wanted to happen, but it happened. Something that you need to realize in the moment and realize before it happens that you gotta be able to stop yourself before it happens. That's one of the hardest things to do, but put a boundary between yourself and the temptation. Uh, I kind of look at it as like, you. well, this can all be traced back to if you're constantly going to that same sin you've been struggling with, if you're constantly going back to different sins, you can really sit down and ask yourself like, hey, do I love God enough to stop sinning? Because God loves you no matter what, and he's always there to forgive you. But also, we have a part to play in that as well, because it's a relationship. Yes, everybody says, like, oh, you're a religious person. You can be the most religious person but not know Jesus at all. And I think that goes over a lot of people's heads when they go to church on Sunday and they hear the Word of God. They raise their hands during the songs or they just sing the songs. They pray. But then throughout the week, they don't meditate on God's Word anymore. They're not feeding their soul, their spirit with the one who created them. And that's really crazy to me because I know I used to be like that. Uh, church was not fun for me. It never was. Uh, I would always fall asleep. There was a guy I'll never forget. I was sitting in like the second pew and I remember waking up and my head was on his shoulder. My mom had a picture of it and it was really embarrassing. But it wasn't until I truly met God and found who he was that I was like, oh, I'm real messed up. I need, I got to quit doing all this. I have to quit. There needs to be a change in my life. And it's it's just crazy to think about that. When you, when you step towards Jesus, he steps towards you. He can take, because he has so much more for you than that sin you struggle with. And when you give it all to him, I think that's one of the biggest things is sometimes we don't fully surrender. The Bible talks about surrendering, surrendering yourselves to Christ, surrendering to Jesus. But sometimes we, I know I, I, I'm very guilty of it. I've just read the Bible straightforward and I've been like, okay, I, yeah, I read Acts 1 today, you know, did not learn nothing, did not let it hit me. But when we do that, we miss so much of the big picture of what God has in store for us because we we just want to do the easy way out. We don't want to put in the work sometimes. We We really need to make this relationship work because what sin does is it makes you feel like you're so far from God. It makes you feel like, hey, does God even love me anymore? Because, I mean, I'll sit here and tell you, I, I went down that road. I sat at the golf course when, yeah, it, I mean, it was recently, like not too recently, but you get what I'm saying. It was at Limestone. I was sitting on a golf course and I was just like, does God even love me anymore? It, it really, that's a scary thing to think about. I mean, when you die, you won't, you want to know God. You want to have that relationship because I mean, if not, it's a, it's a very rude awakening, but that's a, that's a topic for another podcast. But anyways, it's scary. And when you really, it, 
when you really come to that understanding, like Talmadge said, like looking through the lens of Christ, like how messed up you are, how much you need Jesus. Because, I mean, in the Bible it says, without God, we are nothing. And think about that. We are, we're literally like a speck of dust. Like, we're, we're all going to be gone. And there's nothing we can do to prolong it, nothing we can do to change it. It, it's just real crazy to think about that. We have this natural desire to sin. It leaves us so far from the one who created us. Yeah, and that that just got me thinking. Um, going back to the creation story, you know, we always y'all talked a lot about before you came to Christ and and the struggle with sin there. And I relate. You know, I have not always been a Christian. I didn't come to know Jesus until I was about fourteen. You know, you you get in this place and and. My understanding, right after I came to Jesus, you know, you're familiar with this, and if you're not, I hope you will be one day, you get with this, like, super spiritual high, and it's so easy to resist temptation for, like, a week, maybe even a month, you know, and, and you're just riding this wave of, of the Holy Spirit, and then reality sets back in. Your humanity comes back. You you come down off of this spiritual high, and that's where you know faith is more than a feeling comes into this whole thing. That's also a topic for another podcast, I feel like. But you then realize that even when walking with God, this temptation and this sin, this longing to return to the comfort of sin or the the the, the, the promises that sin makes, and we see it with Adam and Eve in the garden. There was, they had one rule. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they were tempted by the serpent to eat from that tree, even though they were walking. I mean, God created Adam and Eve and walked with them in the garden. Like he was there with them in the garden. They were probably as close to God as you could get, as a human being could get, without being in heaven. And still, there was this desire and promise of sin that they fell into and i think that's kind of the point of this podcast is to talk about like when you even when you're walking with god the temptation is still present and sometimes because you are human you're going to fall victim to that and and you know the that's where you choose how you respond and uh, i guess i guess i'll let y'all kick that off yeah so like you was saying i guess before i i always knew of god when I was younger, I went to church. I knew of God last year, two years ago during motion when I truly felt the presence of God. I truly felt what it's like to be in the presence of God. And like you said, I got on that spiritual high, like for those, that whole summer, I was just, I could do, I could negate all ten, uh, temptation. I could go from everything. But as soon as school came back and all my friends came back, I just slowly fell back in that temptation who I was before. And I started going to, the Highlands and I found God again. It was, it was great. But I think a lot of people, when they fall into temptation, they really want to ask themselves, well, what do I do to, to go back on it or not to go back on it? But like, what do I do after I've already done it? And there's plenty of times throughout the Bible. Give one example, the prodigal son. You can look, look at the dad, like Jesus, the son leaves. He spends all of his money. He's eating with the pigs, begging for food. But then he finally realizes I had everything I wanted at my house. So he goes back to his dad. And I think he was expecting his dad to be like, what'd you do with all, all of your money? 
where did it all go? What have you been doing? But no, he just opened his arms and accepted them, accepted them back in, into him and loved them. When you do fall in that, fall into that temptation, don't ever forget about God and just come back to him and he'll always have his arms open for you. Always. He'll always be accepted back. No questions asked. So when you do fall into, into that temptation, just repent. Your sins will be forgiven. Uh, like Shane said, well, actually, I'm going to take a different route real quick. Shane is a baller, and Shane, Shane has changed so much. Shane is awesome, and Shane is completely different than the old Shane, and I think everybody can say that, well, if you knew who Shane was before. But Shane, Shane has become one of my best friends, one of my closest spiritual friends. We, If we're at church, we rode together. But no, Shane, Shane is awesome, and he's... It's amazing to watch him be on fire for God because it inspires me. But now, like like Shane and them were talking about, what do you do when you stumble in your walk? Because, like we said before, no matter how hard you try, whether it's something just huge or something just really little, you're going to stumble eventually. So, Talmadge, what are some ways that you, like, you deal with it? Well, this is... um. So this this is what I what when you told me what we were talking about, I'm like this is perfect. I've been listening to this podcast series by the Bible Project talking about the character of God, and I love that Shane brought up the prodigal son. I think that it's a, a perfect analogy for how not only should we respond in our stumbling, you know, turn back to God when we stumble. Don't just continue down that stumbled path, but to pick ourselves back up, get back up and turn back to God. And one thing that they said in this podcast, because like y'all were talking about, sometimes it feels like, you know, well, how can God love me anymore? When you look at the character of God and Exodus 34, I can't remember the exact verses. I think it's seven is the one he just given Moses or about to give Moses the Ten Commandments. And he says, um, goes through the character, his character. He says he's uh, loving to kind, compassionate, but will not spare iniquity to the third and fourth generation, something like that. But the big characteristic of God's character that we see over and over and over throughout the entirety of the Bible is his compassion. So look, look no further than in Exodus or through the Old Testament with Israel. You know, Israel, the word Israel literally translates to wrestles with God. It comes from when Jacob, who was renamed Israel, literally wrestled with God in the wilderness after stealing Esau's inheritance. And God struck him on the hip, walked with a limp for the rest of his life, then fathered 12 sons, 12 tribes of Israel. But Israel literally means wrestles with God. And what we see with Israel is this wrestling match where Israel stumbles, falls into captivity or wanders in the wilderness, and cries out to God. And God, after basically spitting in God's face, God has compassion on them. And elevates them back up, delivers Israel from from whatever iniquity they find themselves in. And the point that the Bible podcast was making is that even in our stumbling, when we turn away from God, we may feel that God has turned away from us, but God is turned perpetually toward us. His face, he is always looking at us. Even when we turn away, God does not turn away from us, but stays looking at us. So I think it's important to remember when you stumble that 
God has not turned away from you. In the stumbling, you have turned away from God, but all you have to do is turn right back. You know, and God is still, God is still there waiting for you to return home, just like the father in the story of the prodigal son. So, like Talmud is talking about, it's, it says in 1 John 4 16, it says, God is love. I mean, it is the, the definition of God. And yes, you should, yes, you should fear God, but God is love. That it, that is the definition of God. He can't be anything else. So, when you come back to him, you are loved because God is love. So, how Shane just mentioned God is love, I know for me, sometimes we think like, it's kind of like when you know you did something wrong and you go like to your parents or whoever and you're just like, God, like, what are they going to say? And you're just kind of like bracing like for the impact of not even like just whatever it may be. Maybe you get grounded. Maybe you get your keys taken away. Like, maybe your phone. I don't know what it what it was for y'all. God, God is not there shaking his head, cursing you, you know? He's literally sitting there with open arms like, Hey, my child, it's okay. Like, I'm still here. You're, you're still who I called you to be. But see, also, God calls us to repent. And I think a lot of us, we struggle with true repentance. Because the way I've always looked at it is kind of like when you're getting into a pool and you're like, it's cold. And so, like, you're putting one foot in, like, seeing how how far you can get. And then, well, by the time, before you know it, you're you're, you're in the pool. You're swimming in it instead of on this dry ground where God has been with you and stuff. You kind of played with the sin. Therefore, you got comfortable with that sin. Therefore, it was easier for you to do that sin. And so what Shane mentioned earlier, um, talking about, I think comes into that a fear of God. Now, I'm not going to lie. I've been walking with Jesus for a pretty good bit and I never once like no one had ever broken it down to me what that looks like what what is a holy fear of God until a couple Sundays ago we were we were at a small group and our student pastor uh, Josh Pierce he he broke it down for us and he was talking about how we need to fear God so much that we don't want to be away from him. And what puts us away from God? Sin. But we are all natural born sinners. But we should have a fear of God not to go back to that sin, to keep going back to that sin. Who who are you going to let judge you? Who are you going to let say things about you? The sin and the shame that come from doing what you're doing or the one who created you, the one who caused you loved and whole, no matter how far gone, the one who literally sent his son to die for you on the cross. But one of the ways also it was broken down to me was I got to listen to the Highlands College Chapel on this topic. And something that really stuck out to me was the guy who is scared of God has things to hide. 
So just let that sit for a second. You're scared of God. You have things to hide. So I think it goes back to you're still you're still messing with the things of this world. You're still kind of putting your foot in the in the shallow end of the pool. You're seeing how far you can get before you get that feeling of, hey, I messed up. But he said the guy who has a holy fear of God has nothing to hide. And I think that's really crazy to think about because when you fear God so much that you're that you don't want to be away from him in anything you do, you have a whole new outlook on life because it then becomes you're not even going to think about doing that sin. You're not going to now you're still going to be tempted, yes, because like Talmadge said, reality does hit and sometimes it does hit you like a truck. But you're going to have that predestined mindset that, hey, I'm living for God. I'm living for Jesus. I'm I'm not even going to play with this because there's one who is far greater and far more powerful than anything I can do on this earth. So another thing that that I've thought about, and this kind of goes back, well, when, when you are struggling with the temptation when the temptation eventually does arise as it always does and this goes back to what y'all were talking about last week with who you surround yourself with it is so so important but uh it's it's so so important to surround yourself with a community that when you do stumble they don't hold you down on the ground you know when you do stumble they don't stand on your neck and keep you there but they grab you by the shirt and they pull you back up and continue back on that path. And I just want to talk about my life, how before I actually got in a relationship with God, I don't want to burn any bridges by saying things like this, but there was these people in my life that I'm slowly trying to not push them away, but trying to teach them about their relationship with God. Also, I'd be sitting there and I'd be on fire with God some some days and I just get a phone call or something and be like, Hey, come over here. We're not doing anything. Just come hang out. And that that's just a slippery slope that can lead you into things you don't want to lead. I like what you said. Slippery slope. That's funny. Slippery slope. But uh, yeah, what Shane and Talmadge just said, one of the most crucial things in your walk with Jesus, because you can't do this life on your own. Like, yes, you have, you're in a relationship with the Most High, but also you need people down here that are going to keep you accountable too. Like Shane said, he probably didn't have the best friend group and he wasn't trying to burn any bridges. He still loves those people, but ultimately they were not, they weren't pushing him towards Jesus and they weren't helping him grow closer to God. So naturally, Shane wanted to better himself. Shane wanted a real change. And I think that's what a lot of us are, sometimes we're just scared to do because we're scared of what the world will say about us because the world loves it when we stumble because it makes us like the world. But the Bible says anyone who makes himself a friend of the world sets himself up as an enemy of God. And that that is crazy to think about. You doing all this stuff, you willingly doing any sin that you know is just wrong and just 
constantly going back to it. It's gonna it's gonna leave you feeling really far from God. I I love Shane's story because I've watched him grow, and it's it's awesome because honestly, I I did not think I'd I'd, I'd be sitting here with Shane on a podcast talking about Jesus. Well, I mean, at least anytime soon that was, but like Shane, Shane really has changed and it's amazing. Like, honestly, like Shane's one of my best friends. Like you can ask anybody. I don't have social media. My life is really boring. You know, I go to work, I go to school and I read books and I sleep a lot, you know, sometimes. Jesus. Yeah. And I'm always at church, but if there's anybody I do text Shane, my mom, Sometimes Bryson, like we've been going off of, find you a good group of friends, not not just friends that make you feel good, friends that they push you to be better than you already are, friends that have that Holy Spirit of God in them, that that don't let you settle and become like the world, that push you to your full potential, because... Honestly, I think if we all had a better group of friends, sometimes we really wouldn't fall into some of the sins we do, you know? Because sometimes that's where most of our temptation and sin come from, is our group of friends. And, you know, guess who picked those friends? We did. So, I mean, technically it falls back on us. But, yeah, I think Talmadge, Talmadge has... He's been looking at me like he has something to say. I'm just making eye contact conversationally. Uh, well, you had your Bible open. I, this is this is just for later. As, uh, okay. But we're we're not. But uh, I'll, I'll make this point later. We haven't gotten quite. We're we're on our way to the point that I, but we haven't gotten there quite yet. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I will I will kind of say something. Just uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording. I don't know why this just came back up. But uh, they were talking about like repentance and and taking it for granted, the what what repentance is, and how and then uh, then I said and they told me I needed to say this so I guess I'm gonna say it now how sometimes we treat the cross like a get out of jail free card when we if we don't have a true understanding of salvation and what it means to have a relationship with Christ it's easy to see I I can understand how people can interpret oh I'm forgiven in my sin to mean well that just means when I sin that. I have a way out of it, you know, but this coming to Christ, this repentance, this salvation is not just a, all right, I have something to fall back on when it doesn't work out. It's you have to actively turn away from that. You know, even when you do that, though, you're going to hit the bumps in the road along the way that kind of trip you up. And our response to that, though, our response to these these roadblocks is the exact same response that we had to have the first time we came to Christ, and that is to turn back to the cross. You know, so in the stumbling, in the in the sin, in everything, repentance, you know, that fear of God that Camden was talking about, the wanting to run from sin, that has to be our response when the temptation arises or when we do stumble and fall. We have to realize it, take accountability for it, and then actively turn back to life. I like how Talmadge just said we have to run from that sin. So when Joseph was sold into slavery and stuff, anyways, she she literally tried to get Joseph to like come sleep with him. Her, she's not a guy, I don't think. Anyways, but what did Joseph do? He ran. Like at one point, he left his coat. 
he left his coat and ran out the house. And I think that's how we, like Talmud said, we have to approach sin like that and temptation like that. Like, hey, let's get so close to God and surround ourselves. Just protection. Hey, Shane, Shane keeps me accountable. Uh, Shane has, Shane has a password to all of my, like, um, my social media. So I really can't get it back, even if I wanted to. I know that keeps me accountable. Without it, there's no telling what could go wrong. I mean, I, I think a lot of us, that's where our root problem comes from, is we want to impress people. We want to, we want to be like the world. We want to show that, hey, we mean something to all these people. We sell our, sell our lives trying to, look at me. Look what I've got. Look what I can do. Instead of, hey, I'm with God. Because I know for me, when I have terrible anxiety, when I walk into places and people look at me, I'm just, my mind goes from, uh, okay, this is going to be a good dinner, to all these people are staring at me. What are they saying of me? What are they thinking about me? One of our pastors, he kind of, he gave me a an exercise to do. His name's Seth, and I love Seth. Seth is awesome, and what he... What he gave me, and what I think this can help everybody is, when you fall into that sin, and you feel shameful, and you feel like you're too far gone, find you a verse that combats that sin. Find you scriptures. Find you God's word that speak life over you in that time of your sin. Because, ultimately, if you keep going back to that sin like we've been talking about. If you keep going back to your friends that are still in the world that are bringing you down, you're not going to get better. But when you speak life over yourself from God's Word, from literally the one who loves you no matter what, like, sometimes I don't even understand God's love because how great we are so far gone, and yet God has a plan to restore us. And all we have to do is turn towards Him. God knows we're not going to be perfect because we're we're still sinners. But He has a plan for our lives. And so I know that that has really helped me because when you, when you sin, it's shameful. It really is. And sometimes that shame can lead to you questioning. Like, like, like we talked about earlier. Does God even love me? Your mind is a powerful place, and what you feed it really can make or break who you become. Sitting in that shame, sitting in that guilt, sitting there just wondering why. Why would you do this? How could you do it? You knew better. Speak life over yourself. Open God's Word and turn back towards God like we've been talking about. And I know that's it's not necessarily the easy thing to do. God's so mad at me. He He don't love me anymore. How How will I ever get back to where I was, but when we really do speak life over ourselves, and not just ourselves, I think one of our biggest problems as a whole is, well, as a society, as an everything, as people, we don't speak enough life over everybody else, because our, if someone falls and like, I don't know if they break something, they like scrape their knee or I don't know something they fall. Our natural reaction is to be like, huh, you fell, you know, but instead it, we need to be the bigger person 
and walk over there and be like, hey, are you good? It's okay. Like, we all fall. Or not even that. Just if you know somebody that you know is constantly going back to a sin, be the bigger person. Don't don't let somebody else, one of your brothers or sisters in Christ, don't let some, it don't matter if they're younger than you, older than you. Don't let somebody else that you know is struggling with that same sin keep going back to that same sin. Hold them accountable, but don't don't put them down like Talmud said. Like don't step on their neck and hold them there. Like like pick them up, build them up, speak words of encouragement over them, speak life over them, because that is exactly what Jesus did on this earth. He said, "I did not come here for the righteous, but I came here for the sinners." And Think about that. God sent his only son to come dwell among sinners and show us a better way. And so I think at the end of the day, if we're really truly wanting a relationship like Jesus, wanting a relationship with Jesus and striving to be like Jesus, we need to start acting like Jesus too. Because I know for me, it's very easy to get caught up in what the world says when I'm not at church. And go along with, like, just saying stupid crap about people that, like, I would not probably say to their face. And I'm not going to lie, it does suck. But some, I mean, I, I, th- I feel I'm getting better about it because, I mean, I have a, I have a very good friend group now. Also, I think a lot of us, we need to, we need to start living and acting it out, not just, Oh man, I stumbled. Let me stay down. No, get up. Go back to God. Commit yourself to God and let Him restore you. But don't just keep it for yourself. Go help somebody else that is in the same spot you were. Right. Okay, so we've talked a lot about, you know, I'm going to sum it up kind of into three parts here. Uh, what I think that we've talked about. We've talked about a lot, a lot of great stuff. Um, so the main point was stumbling. And our response, God's response. And then I guess to wrap up here, I'm going to talk about how we can try to better avoid stumbling in the first place. Um, first of all, when we stumble, our response should be to turn back to God, right? The, the repentance, the going back to the cross, you know, by whatever, whatever means necessary to go back to the cross, even if you have to crawl on your hands and knees with the last strength you have left. You gotta go back to the cross. Um, then God's response, God meets you with compassion. We see it over and over and over again in the Bible where He extends that compassion to those who turn back to Him. And now, I guess, I might get a little preachy here. So if I start, if I start getting preachy and you want me to shut up, just tell me to shut up, I'll shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think you're good. You've got it. Uh, anyway, sorry, this is the youth pastor in me coming up. Um, anyway, I have a devotion page that I'm Methodist, so we observe the season of Lent, which is the 40 days before Easter. I know a lot of people don't observe that. It's more of like a Methodist Catholic thing. Anyway, my Lenten thing was that I was doing a devotion every day for 40 days minus Sundays. I don't know why they minus Sundays, but they don't take Sunday. They don't put Sundays into account. Um, and today's devotion at 40 days devotions on Instagram, follow me, uh, was going to be 40 days devotion. Yeah. Yeah. Talmadge.skillman 
if you want to follow my main page. I don't post on there ever. My devotion today was going to be on the armor of God. And I think that ties in perfectly to what we've talked about here. You know, we have our response to stumbling, God's response to our stumbling, and his reception of us back into his fold, I guess, after we've fallen out of it. And then we have this, what scripture gives us here is, I think, six key pieces of our faith or of our walk that allow us to uh, resist or prevent stumbling in the first place. And uh, I'm going to read the scripture here. It's Ephesians six ten through 18. And it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes on your feet, take up or having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, put on the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So, the six things that it mentions here, you know, you have the the uh, whole armor of God, you have the... Uh, Belt of truth, which is, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's that's the truth. The truth, the way, the truth, and the life, that is Jesus. You have the breastplate of righteousness, which guards your heart. Basically telling you to guard your heart. You know, you if, if you want to resist the temptation, you have to live into Jesus. I'm, I can break down all six, but they're all have, pointing to the same thing. Is that if you want to resist the temptation, you have to cover yourself in God, I guess. is There's no better way to say it. you got to... Everything that everything about you has to be radiant of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Yahweh. You have to actively make an effort to clothe yourself in the Word, in Scripture, in prayer, in accountability with others, in a community, so that you, the temptations when they come, you know, are not going to drag you down. They're not going to lead you astray because you are firm on a path with God and protected against those things. When so to end off the podcast today, I want you to ask yourself two questions. What causes you to stumble? Like what around you, what do you put, what situations do you put yourself in to make yourself stumble? And what do you do after you stumble? Are you going to have the boldness to turn back to God and repent and take that next step? Or are you just going to keep stumbling and keep on stumbling and just keep falling and falling just keep falling into that temptation. Thank y'all for listening to episode three of the podcast. I would like to thank Ty much for being on this episode. Thank you for having me. It was a great time. Thank you for listening and have a good day.